joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I have a really, really cool show in store for you today. It's about our furry little friends that are sometimes the best friends that we could ever have, and they always, always, always love us unconditionally. So stay tuned. Get a piece of paper, something to write wet with, sit back and relax, get your favorite beverage. I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that as I get ready to bring this fabulous show to you today. But first of all, I want to thank our sponsors. The first sponsor I would like to thank is All Day Cable Incorporated. They are a telecommunications company um, located in San Jose, California. And what they do is they make the right connections the first time when it comes to telecom network distribution. And what that equates in layman's terms is voice, data, fiber optic cabling, as well as wireless systems, video conferencing, video, audio, and all that good stuff that we need today to help us telecommute or telecommunicate efficiently and effectively across the world. So if you're in need of some good network distribution, have some ads, moves, or changes, want some wireless systems installed, or just want to check them out, go to alldaycableinc.com. They have been in Silicon Valley for 30 years, and they have survived the dot-com bust, the real estate bust, and they're still going like gangbusters, and they have a fabulous reputation. So, again, if you're in need of any network distribution, voice data, fiber, or wireless access points, video conferencing, video audio setup in your place of business, please check out alldaycableinc.com. Our next sponsor I would like to thank is Blissful Living for You, formerly known as the Health, Healing, and Wellness Company. They are a holistic company designed to help you to build and sustain wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can live the life that you dreamed of when you were a kid or that you dream of right now. They believe that the foundational strength and being able to live the life of your dreams is to have strength and stability in your wellness, with your wisdom, and in your wealth. And so if any of those areas are not strong, you cannot possibly go forth and live the life of your dreams. So if this is something that's piquing your curiosity, you would like to maybe design your dream life and actually have a plan. People do that when they have business. They create a business plan. You want to improve your health and well-being, or you just want to reprogram your mind for success, then check out Blissful Living for You at blissfullivingforyou.com. They have some great specials, and they're always available to chat with you one-on-one to help you really step into living the life you've always 
dreamed about. Now, let's get started with our show. I kind of piqued your curiosity a little bit. Hopefully, you got your paper, you got something the right way, you're sitting down, relaxing, and really ready to enjoy this show. My guest today is Denise Monge, and um, we're going to talk about pets. And so let me tell you a little bit about Denise. Denise is a certified dog trainer, pet intuitive, pet numerologist, and founder of Pet Prana. After a decade of working at some of the most prestigious advertising agencies in New York City, Denise left the glitz and glamour of Madison Avenue to pursue a true sense of fulfillment and soul's purpose, which she found working with dogs. Upon certification through traditional dog obedience training programs, Denise realized that there had to be more that could be done to honor the connection between pups and their humans. And believe me, it is a very, very special connection. Now, looking for ways to foster those deeper connections, Denise studied with some of the top animal communicators and intuitives in the field and eventually developed a unique brand of mindful dog training to help parents, or rather pet parents, forge a loving partnership with their pups through the lens of mind, body, and energetic connection. Now, Denise believes that energy connects us all, and whether we're in the context of traditional dog obedience training or communicating with your animal companion, energy matters. The most basic and primal way to communicate with each other, and especially our pets, is energetically. But somewhere along the way, it seems that we've forgotten we have been, excuse me, somewhere along the way it seems to have been forgotten as a basic building block of dog obedience training and living a more connected life with your animal companion. Now, Denise is here to change that and forge a new path in pet guardianship. And so if you're an animal lover, dog lover, pet lover, um, curious, you're going to love this show because, like I said, they give us unconditional love. They don't care about our bad day. They don't even care about what happened in our day. All they care about is the joy that it brings to them when they see us return from our day or return from being out and away from them. So with that being said, I hope you're in, you're ready for a great show, and I would like to welcome Denise to Blissful Living. Welcome, Denise. Thank you so much. Thank you for the intro, and I could not agree with you more. Some of the uh, best part of our days are when we're interacting with our animal companions. And, you know, I love how your show is all about blissful living. And, you know, living with our animal companions can be pretty blissful, but there are those times where we encounter, you know, behaviors that we don't love or a little bit of <laughs> frustration. And so the question is, how do we turn that around into up-leveling for both us and our pets? You know, that's so cool because, you know, really, truly in the sense of my experience with animals, um, they um, are really like our children. You know, I've had, I have had, I have kids, and of course, my kids are all grown. But once my kids left the house, my babies, my 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 doggies, and my cat, 
they became, I mean, they were always my babies, but they really became like my kids. If I had a bad day, I was out working and I had a bad day and I come home. They were always there to offer me that unconditional love. Just sometimes just having that bad day and fighting in traffic and getting home to see them really shifted the energy. And I'm totally into energetics. So I totally believe that they pick up our energy and know how to respond to us. And they're so good at it that sometimes they get us to do things that we don't even know that they've gotten us to do. We think it's our ideal, but because (laughs) they respond to our energy so well, they can read us before we can even figure out what's going on with ourselves. So I love that we're talking about this. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, they absolutely pick up on our energy. And because they are one of our more intimate relationships in our lives, you know, with other humans, sometimes we're a little guarded, but we're never that way with our pets. You know, we're very authentic and raw with them. Um, And because of that, they're able to access some really deep emotions and patterns in us. So not only do they pick up on our energy and help, you know, manage the way forward, but they also can act as mirrors. So to your point, sometimes we don't even realize there are certain energies or patterns in our lives until our animal companions bring them up through different behaviors. You know, it's that's true. And I know that um, this goes way beyond just working with, you know, dogs because, you know, there's a lot of work that um, – people do with horses, therapeutic work with horses, whether it's autistic children or children with behavior issues or or even people, for that matter, with issues. Horses are utilized in a way, and they pick up their energy, too. I think it's just a divine gift that God has given the animals to be able to to pick up our energy and communicate with us energetically, but they're so more advanced at it than we are. And we're like, we're like the dummies. We don't quite get it, a lot of us, but they totally get it, you know. So I sometimes think they're the more evolved species than we are. They just can't talk like we do. But if you are a pet communicator, they talk all the time. Sometimes you have to shut them up. (laughs) I love that. And it's so true. And it almost seems like different species, you know, because I work with pet parents who have dogs, cats, horses, birds, you know, you name it. I've connected with Mm -hmm. hermit crabs. Um, But every animal in our life, they tend to have a different role. So if you're a person who has like, you know, six dogs and three chickens and, you know, a lot of land with a lot of animals, even the wild animals, they all have different messages for us. I like to think of it as school. You know, we're all here to learn, our animal companions included, and we're all taking just different subjects and different courses with different classmates and different teachers, and our animal companions tend to be both our classmates and our teachers. Mm, that's so cool. You know, it's, it's really, it's, yeah, I'm just, I just have a big smile on my face who's just thinking <laughs> about all the animals that I connect with, and, you know, for the most part, they are just very loving. You know, it, it just takes me to the story, and I know you've heard heard this, and I'm digressing a minute, you guys, but just, you know, bear with me. But the story <laughs> about the guy, and there's been several of them where people have taken, like, baby lion cubs or tiger cubs from the wild and raised them, you know, as their pet, so to speak, until the animal got too big. You know, mm-hmm. where they couldn't, you know, feed them. So then they take them to a zoo or, you know, a pet sanctuary or something like that. And even though the animal may have not seen this person for a while, as soon as that person comes up, they get, and these are like wild, wild, you know, wild, big wild animals. As soon as that person came into that 
where they can pick up their sin. They get excited. It, it was so cute. I saw videos. It's like it's like they're just like big dogs. You know, they get so excited, and it's like this is a wild animal. But because of the nature of the relationship that they have with the individual, they love that person. You know, they I, I don't even see that they would ever hurt that person. And it's all about the energetic connection that they have with that person. It's kind of like that person became their surrogate mama or papa. So it's so sweet. But anyways, I digress. I want to get back. So yeah, no, let's no, talk no. That's, about. That's such a good point because, you know, we do, our energies do get enmeshed with our animal companions and even animals in the wild. And I think what's so fascinating is, you know, as humans, the animal companions have this way to just open our heart and like almost mm-hmm. crack it open in like a major way. And there's a lot of animals in the wild who have had very unique and beautiful contracts with us that are very bittersweet. Like, you know, I think back to, you know, the story of that orca mom, you know, who was all mm-hmm. over the news where she was carrying her, you know, her baby and the tribe was around her. And then, you know, there was like Harambe and Tisal the lion and all these animals went through, you know, some very um, tough lessons and, and tough situations. But having the awareness um, as a human, it helps us learn lessons about ourselves, about our interconnectedness with them, about the environment. So, you know, animals are just, you know, they they touch us in such a unique way. Yeah, they're here. they're very special, and they're here to they're here to share a lot with us and. If we really pay attention, we can learn a lot. Um, and if we sometimes emulate their behavior, uh, I think sometimes a lot of, or I think a lot of times the world could definitely be a better place. But I want to ask you, so you have this cool job working for, <laughs> you know, cool company on Madison Avenue of all places. You know, what, how did you, you know, you started working with, you know, the dogs and their, and their humans, their people, um, what set you apart, or basically, what made what really made you get into wanting to be a dog trainer? So it's it's really interesting because growing up, I was never allowed to have pets. I actually grew up in São Paulo, Brazil, in an apartment building, and my dad, believe it or not, was not crazy about animals at all. So we oh, were wow. never allowed to have traditional pets. I never had a dog or a cat or a rabbit or anything to that effect. But I always had this very deep connection with animals. So I would go downstairs and I would find like caterpillars and roly polies and, you know, little mini lizards, anything I could find that had, you know, a little soul, I would bring in and they would just be my best friend and I'd just like connect with them. And, you know, I thought that was just normal and, and that was something that everyone did. And so I always had this deep connection with animals. And then, of course, as you grow up, you know, you, you are encouraged to choose a traditional job. So I went into advertising and, it's, you know, those crazy, you know, round-the-clock projects, you know, go, 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 New York City. And, you know, in retrospect, advertising was actually a really great job to have leading up to this mindful approach to dog training because advertising is all about, you know, understanding trends and underlying motivations, even when people can't verbalize them, right? That was our job. Right, right. And so I really learned how to, you know, read a room and really pay attention to trends and just kind of observe and and learn to be a good marketer. 
And so when advertising was no longer viable for me, you know, after 10 years, it's a young person's job, <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, I knew I wanted to do something different, and that's where the one of the last accounts I worked on was actually Purina. So I had that, you know, uh, contact with pet parents, and I learned about their, you know, the bond, and that's all we were talking about was the bond between pets and humans. So when I decided it was time to leave advertising, I was like, well, I'm going back to the animal kingdom. <laughs> forget humans, forget commercials and all that stuff. Right. And I figured if I were to, you know, be a dog obedience trainer, because I thought I might open a doggy daycare, I thought, well, I should really learn about animals and, and dogs and their behaviors. So that's where I became a certified dog obedience trainer, um, you know, trained in uh, positive reinforcement techniques, which are very collaborative. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing my, um, you know, apprenticeship, I realized, you know what, I really like the one-on-one -on -one with pets and their humans. Forget the doggy, doggy daycare idea. I'm just going to scrap that. So as I was working with pets and their humans and I'm teaching, you know, the humans to work with the dogs to get them to sit, stay, you know, get comfortable with the crate, I felt like there was more that needed to be done. It wasn't truly honoring, you know, everything that was going on in the relationship. Right. And that's where animal communication came into my life, and I opened back up to my kind of psychic abilities, which we all have, because as I was working with animals in New York City with their humans, we would do, you know, I remember one month it was all about on-leash reactivity, you know, the dogs barking on leash and lunging on leash, mm -hmm. and I was like, good Lord, we're doing all the traditional training, but nothing shifting in the in the behavior. And that's where I sat back and the animals started showing me more about what was going on in the home environment and in the human. And I oh, started wow. seeing trends where, you know, the, the on-leash reactivity was happening in homes where maybe there was unsettled energies between, you know, the human and, you know, their partner, or right. they were between jobs, or they feel they didn't really have, a, you know, a solid footing, or they weren't grounded. And I was like, well, that's interesting, because that is kind of themes with the first chakra. <laughs> and right. So lo and behold, through the observation and working with animals and their humans, I started mapping out common pet behaviors with the different energies and themes of the chakras. And it really created a roadmap to work with pets and their humans to address pet behavior not only from a traditional standpoint but from an energetic standpoint, right? Because at this wow. point, we can no longer come from a place of separation. Traditional right. training alone won't work. Energy work alone won't work. We really need to bring it all together into that mind-body-energy connection. Wow, that is so cool. So, um, I mean, you just you, you shared a lot with in the context of, you know, going from Madison Avenue and advertising to, you know, being this, you know, very intuitive, gifted, energy, energetically connected, you know, pet. I'm going to say pet goddess because <laughs> pet trainer just, just doesn't sound. That just sounds I, I call myself so, a pet groupie. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to bestow. I'm, I'm the queen of feeling fabulous, and I'm going to bestow the title on you as the pet goddess. So oh, you have I to take it, it now. 
straight on my business card. <laughs> you have to take it now. You've been, it's almost like I didn't knight you because I'm not that kind of queen. You know, I can't get, call you sir, you know, Denise or Madam, well, I could call you Madam Denise, but that's a whole different, that may get people thinking other ideals. But if I, you know, if I call you Denise the pet goddess, the, Ooh, you know, I love it. Self-aware animal communicator and intuitive, then that's a whole different you know, that's a whole different ball game and I think it really it really explains truly what you do when you work with animals. Now, you mentioned something and I'm totally in the energy and chakras. It goes with my Ayurvedic background and I've been into it since I was a kid and, and the whole thing with communicating with animals, all of that. And so I wanna ask you, um, how does or how do your pets' behaviors provide clues to bigger energetic patterns in your life? You know, um, and I'm going to stop right there. So, how does how does that how does that work? Because a lot of times people, you know, with children, things that happen in a home that are you know good, bad, or indifferent, that child's behavior will be exhibit they will exhibit that behavior outside the home as well. It's not you know, black and white, so to speak, but there are different behaviors that you can pick up if you're into, you know, study of psychological things with children, growth and development and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. How does the pet behavior provide bigger clues to energetic patterns in, say, our lives? Right. So, you know, we started talking about that a little bit in the beginning of the call, how pets can act as mirrors. And what happens as we're on our path of personal growth and up-leveling, you know, different patterns keep playing out in our lives, playing out in our lives, but odds are we kind of ignore them or push them aside, especially if they're uncomfortable to address, if they're, you know, deeply ingrained. So what happens is our animal companions start manifesting the patterns as a way to get our attention, right? Because what's going to get our attention more quickly than our, you know, pet being quote-unquote naughty or them having a physical uh, manifestation of, you know, stuck energy? So our animals acting as mirrors get our attention. And so what I've noticed is when dogs have on-leash reactivity, for example, they're bringing up patterns of, you know, not feeling grounded, not feeling safe, not feeling secure. When they are um, barking at us, for example, attention barking, what I've noticed and mapped that out to, to be is matters of the third chakra. They're inviting mm. us to step into our power, you know, what are we putting off? What projects are we not embarking on, uh, pun intended, for, you know, because we're worried about, (laughs) sorry, I love a good pun. Um, No, that's love. That's good. I love it. (laughs) Because, you know, we're self-sabotaging, because we're perfectionists, because we're worried about what other people will think, you know, and so that manifests ourselves in our our purpose work. You know, a lot of us don't step out because we're nervous about how it's going to be received. So when right. your dog's attention barking at you, odds are you haven't stepped fully into your power. If your dog is, um, you know, whining or not listening to you, what's going on with your fifth chakra? You know, where are you not speaking your truth? Where are you not being authentic? Where have you not found your authentic leadership style? And odds are those patterns are manifesting themselves in your career or in relationships. You know, I I remember uh, fifth chakra was always a big one for me. And Mm -hmm. um, 
I remember being in meetings and I would say something and literally two seconds later, this, someone else would repeat the exact same thing and everybody would hear that person be like, that's brilliant. That's what we'll do. You know, and yeah. I'm like, why am I not being heard? And it's because I was not stepping into my power and my authenticity and my leadership. And so our animal companions, through their behaviors, give us clues on what chakras in ourselves are experiencing some blockages, and that gives us um, then clues as to what themes in our life we need to relook at. Wow, very interesting. And those of you out there listening, chakras, if that's a new word, you haven't heard it, it's um, your energy centers within. We have seven internal, and there's more, but the seven main ones are your root, your sacral, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, which is the fifth chakra, your third eye, and your crown chakra. So these are energy centers that are inside of us, and they rotate, and each energy center um, is responsible for a specific aspect within our life. And as she was saying, the fifth chakra, your throat chakra, if your dog is barking at you, you're not you're not expressing yourself fully. And as Denise was mentioning, she would say something, she wouldn't be heard, but two minutes later somebody else would say the exact same thing and they would be heard and she wasn't stepping into her power, owning her power. And it was it, it was coming out of um, her throat chakra as something that couldn't be heard. So it's really cool to equate all of this energetic stuff with the way our animals respond or communicate with us or behave because I think people just see it separate as that's that way that animals acting or they're misacting has nothing to do with me, right? And so it's really cool. Now, you know, I know about Abraham Maslow's hierarchy, mm-hmm. um, but I want you to explain to the listeners or, or chat a minute about with the listeners, um, what does self-actualization and Abraham Maslow have to do with dog training. Now we hear, we've all heard the, you know, the training that was done where if you rang a bell, you know, pretty soon <laughs> and you had a stimulus, you know, pretty soon if you remove the stimulus, you would still evoke the response in the animal, right? Um, <laughs> just by ringing the bell. So can you share with the listeners exactly what those two, uh, self-actualization and Abraham Maslow have to do with dog training besides ringing the bell and the dog salivating? Absolutely. So that that bell with the salivation, that's Pavlov, right? So positive reinforcement is very rooted. Thank you for the correction. (laughs) No, 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 but this is good because uh, dog training, especially positive reinforcement, is very much linked to Pavlovian principles. So you're right on for bringing that up. And so uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this is actually something that I was taught in fifth grade and stuck with me <laughs> up until I came up with the system. So you know oh, you had poor child. Something. You poor you poor girl. <laughs> I learned about Maslow in nursing school and uh, yeah, you poor girl, but you're brilliant. So go ahead. <laughs> so the beauty of it is, you know, Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of needs is all about human motivation, right? So in order to understand anyone, humans or animal companions alike, we really need to understand their motivations. 
So Maslow was, you know, a human psychologist who proposed a theory of human motivation based on a hierarchy of needs. So what he suggested was that we all aspire to self-actualization, but that in order to reach that, our most basic physiological needs like food, shelter, physical preservation, access to air and water, those need to be met before we can move on to the next set of needs, which includes, you know, health, wellness, and resources. And then, you know, once we have our basic needs met, you know, we're healthy and well, then we can move on to those emotional needs, such as intimacy, connection, community, esteem for ourselves and for others. And only then, once we've had all those experiences, are we motivated to really think about self-actualization, you know, including our role in the universe and spiritual and esoteric matters. Because if we're hungry and we don't know where our next meal is coming from or if we're in fight or flight, we're not sitting there thinking about the stars and the galaxy and our role within it, right? <laughs> no. And, and so what I do is I propose that we can use those same principles of motivation for our animal companions. You know, because, of course, our animal companions need to feel safe and secure and have the right nourishment. You know, we, we want to make sure they're provided for in that way. And then when it comes to their emotional needs around connections and building esteem, that's where traditional positive reinforcement obedience training has done a really good job in creating a collaborative environment where dogs are learning new tricks and earning privileges. And, you know, dog toys and, and pet puzzles have really taken off to build their confidence. However, that's where traditional dog training has plateaued, right? So what I want to do is help pet parents acknowledge that their animal companions also share needs of self-actualization, that they mm. also have soul contracts and energetic missions and lessons to learn while they're embodied here with us. So that's where our energetic connection with our animal companions and the chakras come into play. Because, you know, I always like to talk about it in terms that, you know, Say, you know, we talked about us all being in school together. Say, you know, me and my animal companion, we read the same book. Instead of writing separate book reports, let's just do a group project. <laughs> and that's really yeah. what guardianship is. It's the group project. And, you know, so between understanding motivations, you know, through Maslow's um, pyramid, we can also use the chakras because if you were familiar with the chakras at all, it mirrors the same path, right? The chakras assert that, you know, our, our base chakra, you're dealing with issues of grounding, safety, and security needs to be, you know, running smoothly before we can start dealing with things around, you know, matters of I feel and our needs and desires. And then we right. can move on to I do, I love, I speak, I see, I understand. You know, so Maslow's pyramid actually is the same formula as the chakras. And that's why, to me, using chakras and dog training is such a convenient energetic shorthand to understand, you know, which themes are up for healing. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing that. It's very enlightening, very lots of enlightening information um, that you're disseminating upon us. And I, I really like it because it's a lot of cool wisdom that <clears throat> I don't think anybody can get anywhere else. I mean, they can look for it, but they can't get it like we're getting it from you on our show today. So thank you so much. Now, I know um, – that and I know the importance of energy and um and then you also gave us, you know, um example of when say for instance your dog is barking at you, what that means and, and the energy behind that. But what I wanna ask you is 
you know, when we're working with our animal companions, why is it important to look at the energy and the story behind any given situation that we may find ourselves in? Well, it's really because, you know, we are in the year of mastery. So long before even listening to this interview, your soul has signed up to be here now, right? So we are really all about learning our soul's purpose right now. You know, a lot of us have left the corporate traditional job to really follow what our spirit and our soul and what our heart desires. And so in order to really open up our gifts and get our sparkle to shine, we need to create clearings in the blockages that are, you know, part of everyday life. I mean, this is why we're here as humans, to learn how to move past blockages and obstacles and perceive things differently. We're all here up-leveling. And so when we look at our animal's companion, not only through the lens of, oh, this is naughty or this is nice or dominant, you know, like I want them to do what I want. When we can look at their behaviors from a collaborative place and also from a place of what can I learn from this, what is it mirroring inside of me, that's where we move past the blockages. Right, so that's where the chakras help. You know, I also bring in pet numerology, sacred geometry. There's so many different clues out there that are helping us, you know, grow and move past old patterns and lessons. Um, that it's really kind of a fun experience as we up level. It's it's a little Nancy Drew, a little uh, Jessica Fletcher. You know, not to say <laughs> myself, but oh, it's, oh it's, yeah. You know, our animal companions, they're our guides. A lot of us opening up to our uh, intuition, we're, you know, where are our guides? Who are our guides? I really want to meet my guides. And we forget that our animal companions are cute, furry, embodied little guides right there for us, teaching us along the way. Wow. Um, taking notes because it's, I, I think this is some powerful information and Anyone out there that has an animal um, can definitely take this information and begin to utilize it in their life to understand more about not only their animal but about themselves, just based on yeah. what you're saying with regards to the energetic connection we have with our animals and their behavior. Now, you know, again, working with chakras and the talk about chakras and energy just gets me all excited because it's, <laughs> I think it's really, really cool stuff. Um, and, I, you know, when you play with it, I shouldn't say play with it, but when you learn about it and you get to understand it a little bit better, it's amazing to see how things flow in your life, so to speak. It's like sitting back and watching your own life's movie and seeing the energy, ebb and, the ebb and flow of the energy of your life is really cool. I never thought about, about my dogs or my cat being a part of that energetic flow within my life. And so, you know, now I'm sitting here listening to you talk and I'm, I think of my little Chihuahua, um, you know, and, and then I think of little Shih Tzu who I had for a long time ago who passed away a while ago at the age of 16. And, and then my cat who, who who passed away earlier this year um, at the age of 18. It's just amazing. It's just amazing when I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this and then I think about these animals and the energetic connection we had and the things that they would do and and think about, okay, they were doing this at this time. What was I going through? And then I'm like, oh, you know, or oh, or oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, really cool to just, just kind of connect it all for me. But for the listeners out there, I want you to share with them about 
how does working with chakras, numerology, which is another super cool thing, and sacred geometry, um, as well as the divine archetypes and crystals, actually help your animal shift their behavior? Before you answer that question, though, I got a question. Someone just sent in a question, which we, we get every now and then, that someone mm-hmm. will, like, know or um Hear things, and sometimes we get questions before. Sometimes we put things out about our guests we're going to have on the show, and we get questions before. And a question I got was um, with regards to animals' behavior. There's a person out there that has an animal, I guess a little dog maybe, and the animal know the animal is quote unquote house trained. However, mm-hmm. the animal lately has been really stubborn and has not been doing her duty or his duty outside. They've been doing the duty in the house. And no matter how much they're scolded and the behaviors try to correct, you know, is you know, the the owner, the pet owner companion tries to um correct the behavior the animal is not responding. Do you have any words of wisdom for this person as to what may be going on with regards to them and their animal? Absolutely. So that is a great question, and it's one that I get often. So there's a few things that can be going on energetically. You know, of course, we want to reward when they do go to the bathroom in the right place. We want to avoid scolding, you know, in a traditional standpoint because we don't want them to be nervous going to the bathroom in front of us. Otherwise, we create closet peers and poopers who don't want to go in front of us. So try to avoid the scolding and stick more to the positive reinforcement when they do go to the right place. So that's traditional Mm -hmm. training. From an energetic standpoint, housebreaking and accidents typically have to do with the issues around the sixth chakra, which is the third eye and I see. And issues around the sixth chakra also have to do with illusion versus reality. So where oh. are you, quote, unquote, pissed off? Where, how did you think your life was going to turn out versus what does it look like? And how do you feel about that? Because um, I think it was a movie, The Squid and the Whale, um, I believe it was, where they said a quote that said the um, most expansive distance in the universe is the distance between what you thought your life was going to be like versus what it turns out to be. Right, right. Sometimes we get really frustrated with it. You know, whether it's we're in charge of taking care of our elderly parents and maybe they didn't take good care of us, you know, when we were young. So we feel like, why should I have to do this? Or the other thing that happens around the um, sixth chakra and accidents is energetic hygiene, right? Because there are times where we get frustrated or we go through different, you know, experiences throughout our day and we're not mindful about releasing that energy before we come home and replacing Mm -hmm. it with something more high vibrational. So our Mm -hmm. animal companions take on the role to become the sponges. And so the only way sometimes they know how to process and release the energy is physically. Another thing is, you know, as you do release, uh, you know, energetic patterns or frustrations or hurts or wounds, how are you yourself shedding that energy? Because sometimes it manifests itself as gossiping or, you know, not an appropriate elimination of the energy. And so our Mm -hmm. companions can reflect it in that way as well. And then the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll say, which, you know, it's really, really interesting the more I get to know, you know, a number of animal companions, is some are incredibly sensitive to cosmic activity. Some, it doesn't matter at all. 
And then there's others who every time there's a full moon, they have accidents. It's just the way it is. But oh, wow. It, we just know it's going to happen. And I can tell you that, um, you know, the past month or the past two months has been really intense with huge, you know, mercury retrogrades. And, you know, we had three eclipses and we had so many things going on. We had Lionsgate. And so it was a big energetic, you know, funnel for a lot of the animals. So I've seen a lot of them have uncharacteristic behavior. So, um, of course, we could feel more deeply into the animal companion. I would also encourage the pet parent to feel for themselves because I do think that animal, um, you know, pet parents are incredibly intuitive. They don't give themselves credit all the time, but they right. know what's going on with their animal companion. So if any of those, you know, three or four things I mentioned jump out, follow that thread. Wow. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm sure that the, when they listen, they they will definitely um, be very thankful and grateful for that information because it's like, oh, that's an interesting question. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would like to, you know, know more about about that type of behavior as well. But, um, okay, so I want to get back to with regards to working with chakras, numerology, sacred, sacred geometry, divine archetypes, and crystals in helping to shift your animal companion's behavior. Tell us the goods about that. Yeah, so um, full disclosure, I, you know, I came up with this roadmap of pet behaviors against the chakras. It was a uh, March equinox. It was, I think, two or three years ago at this point. And I was knocked out for three days. And on the third day, the day of the equinox, I woke up and just this information poured out of me. So it's somewhat of a download that I received from the animals and also for any star seeds out there, it carries a lot of Pleiadian energy. Um, you know, they're very tied to the emotions and animals, especially in our unconditional love with them. And so what happened is everything in the natural world came to light for me. And I realized that everything in our surroundings are clues to our own energetic terrain. So with the first chakra, for example, just because we've been using that a lot, the first first chakra, we know that we have to look at issues around I am, feeling grounded, secure, you know, maybe personas of victimhood, because our dog could be barking on leash, or we might be seeing a lot of circles, right? Because in sacred geometry, one is the circle. Um, Or, you know, crystals, if we're noticing a lot of red or black, crystals, those all have to do with the first chakras. Or even if we want to help assist moving past those matters of the first chakra, we might leverage those crystals or that sacred geometry. So basically everything in our natural world can act as a clue as to and point back to which chakra it is that we need to, you know, revisit. But we can also use those as tools to assist moving through the energy. So I love, um, you know, this program that I've created, Translating Beyond Behavior, because if you're a visual person and you see shapes a lot or you see colors a lot, that's going to be your way into your pet's behavior. If you are a very logical person, you like numbers, let's go with numerology. That will give us the answers we need as well. Um, If you're someone who needs to visualize and kind of feel into what an energy is, that's where divine archetypes can all help lead back to the same energetic starting point. Um, so the way that I work with pet parents is, of course, we address the pet's behaviors, but we also look at what might be coming up in your environment and how that points 
back and redirects to the energy. Mm. Wow. Now, <clears throat> now, when you say um, you, you use the, you know, chakras, numerology, sacred geometry, divine archetypes, and crystals um, as tools to help shift the animal's behavior, does someone have to be knowledgeable about any of this um, to be able to use it successfully? So we are in such a unique time that, you know, I think I would say even 10 years ago, like we had to be really strict about our modalities. Like if we were doing Reiki, we really needed to know, you know, the entire process and work through it. And it wasn't everyone who was successful at channeling energy and healing. Right. But now the veils are so thin and we're up leveling at such a rate that I find if you set the intention and you have a basic understanding of the pattern that's coming up, sometimes even acknowledging it helps create the shift for you and your animal companion. Because, you know, I think the uh, the cold, hard truth of it is if you're not shifting your perceptions and your behaviors, your animal companion's behavior is not going to shift. So your animal companions almost like this litmus test for you. You know, how am I doing with this old pattern that keeps coming up over and over? If your pet's behavior is is kind of uh, sorting itself out, odds are you've done a great job releasing the old story and replacing it with something new. Mm, I like that. I really, really like that. That's very, very cool and gives people out there a lot of perspective about just analyzing yourself. You can actually get mm-hmm. learn a lot by looking at your pet about yourself and what you're failing to step forward and take um take control of or where you're not actually being true to yourself, where you're not standing in your power, where you're not speaking your truth. I mean there's so many things that you've shared just in our short time that um is amazing that anybody listening to this will be able to pick up some information and apply it the next time they see their their pet, you know, and say, hey, okay, I notice, you know, I notice she's do or he's doing this. What exactly does that mean, or how is that reflective of me? What's going on with me, you know? So it could be really, really cool and therapeutic on one end for you know for a lot of us out there that just love pets and love being around pets. Now, I want to um, ask you with regards to. Um, the pet behaviors, the common pet behaviors, which chakras do they affect and what energetic things are most associated with the chakras they affect in the in the um, behaviors that they manifest? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think the first chakra, you could probably tell me at this point, because <laughs> I've repeated it so much, but on-leash reactivity, I've associated with the first chakra, and that has to do with matters of, you know, our interconnectedness and grounding, safety and security, feeling supported, has to do with that primal fear and victimhood, right? So some limiting beliefs that might be associated with the first chakra and that you might be looking at as you're dealing with your pet who has on-leash reactivity are, you know, limiting beliefs or the story that, you know, I'm always having to fight or suffer for what I want to achieve or keep, or I'm never supported in my ideas, beliefs, pursuits, or even finances, or that Mm -hmm. you have no control over what's happening in your life. Um, Mm. With the second chakra, you know, it's all about, you know, I feel. 
And I've associated the second chakra with separation anxiety because matters of the second chakra are about, you know, the myth of separation and, you know, creation, guilt, abundance, desire. And, you know, some limiting beliefs might be things like, you know, I feel ashamed about some of my true emotions and desires or I feel guilty if I live a fulfilling life and others around me are not. You know, so it's all about balancing your needs and other people's needs and finding that balance. Um, The third chakra has to do with matters of power versus empowerment, right? So energetically, we're going to be talking about personal power, taking action and responsibility. Um, You know, we might be talking about old stories like I do not have the power to create the outcome of my own life or I never get to do what I want to do or, you know, that story where we never give ourselves credit for, you know, recognizing, you know, the gifts that you have. And so I associated that with managing unwanted behaviors in your pet. So if your pet's nipping at you, chewing on things, or (laughs) attention barking at you, that's, you know, a hint that maybe we want to revisit that third chakra. The fourth chakra has to do with themes of I love and self-care and creating healthy emotional boundaries, right? So it's all about, you know, being loved, trust, self-acceptance, and intimacy, So we might be looking at, you know, old stories of I do not deserve to be treated with the same compassion I show others or I'm not worthy of love if I have emotions like anger or resentment or I do not trust myself to set up healthy boundaries around my heart. And so that I've associated with guest reactivity. So if your animal companion is barking or lunging at people coming into your home or maybe they're really scared and they're hiding under the table, you know, it's mirroring a little bit of that, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to protect my heart, right? Oh, a right, right. Around new people coming in. Um, you know, the fifth chakra has to do, you know, we also talked about, it has to do with, you know, being an authentic leader and being yourself and finding your voice and, you know, trust and, you know, lies that we tell ourselves and, you know, what's our truth, standing in our truth. And so that I've associated with learning to become a benevolent leader with your animal companion because, you know, we don't want to come from a place of dominance, but we do want them to feel relaxed and and taken care of. And, you know, sometimes we do need them to listen when it's important. So what are we broadcasting to them? How are we expressing and communicating with them? And to me, that's one of my favorite because, you know, I'm, I'm a slight person. You know, I'm not like a huge 250-pound, five male. So right. if I'm working with a huge German shepherd, I really need to rely on my style of leadership. It's not going to be the same style of leadership as, you know, a, a, footback, a football quarterback, you know. So it's about finding how you convince people, how you express what are deal breakers. And I love it so much because it translates so much more broadly into our lives, um, into our mm. careers, into our relationships. And I think as women, we struggle with that a lot, as well as with the second chakra, you know, creating boundaries and our needs versus other people's needs. Right, um, right. The sixth chakra has to do with I see. And so we're looking at, you know, illusion versus reality and acknowledgement and seeing clearly and intuition and inner vision. And so that I've associated with housebreaking because, again, you know, that example was so perfect. What are we not seeing? What do we not want to acknowledge that our animal companion is like, nope, (laughs) you're going to have to pay attention to something now. 
<laughs> and then the seventh chakra is all about I understand, right? And so it's about understanding the big picture and how we view, you know, our faith in our animal companions and the universe and, you know, whatever we have faith in when we are in moments of crisis with our pets. So whether that's, you know, they are transitioning or they're sick or lost pets, how do we see it within the bigger picture and see our role in the universe? And I also love it because we talk about our galactic allies. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I've mapped out the pet behaviors against the different chakras. Um, and with each, we talk about, you know, the pet behavior, the sacred geometry, the crystals, the divine archetypes, all associated with the chakra and the themes as different ways in to really truly internalize and understand the patterns that we're looking at. Because only when we understand them and fully kind of see them in the 360 view can we right. fully release them and create new stories. Wow, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. So much wisdom and so much information um, to to absorb. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of beneficial information, particularly if you have an understanding of chakras and energy centers and just takes it a, a little bit deeper and outside of you when you're dealing with your, you know, your pet companion. Now, I want to ask you, because we're getting close on time, but I want to ask you this. What four questions help you call in more harmony, balance, and expansion in your life with your pet and relationships more broadly? Can you share with us the goods on that one? You bet. So the, this is the cheat sheet, right? Whether or not you connect with chakras, like chakras, like sacred geometry, numerology, any of that, these are the four questions you need to know. Forget everything else. <laughs> Basically, if we ascribe to the notion that your animal companion is acting as a mirror, we want to think anytime they do a behavior that's, you know, pleasing or triggering, we want to think, when you think of the behavior, whether it's, you know, barking, let's say, what emotions come up for you in that moment, right? And so you want to think, is it frustration? Is it anger? Is it a feeling like you have no power? You know, what are those emotions and where do you feel them in your body? Because we really want to start identifying, you know, what they are, how they land in us, and what they feel like. Because the second question is, where else in your life do you experience similar vibrations? You know, does this emotion elicit any memories, any past experiences, or broader patterns in your life? So if my dog's barking at me and I feel this frustration like a fire in my belly, if I can tap into that vibration, I can be like, oh, my gosh, I feel that same way when I'm not heard in the meeting, right? And so I'm like, okay, got it. So it also, you know, affects my work. Right. And so the third question we want to say is what is a belief that characterizes this experience or pattern? And so, you know, we went through a lot of old stories and beliefs as we we're talking about the chakras, but perhaps the one that might jump out at you in this one is, you know, I'm not seen or heard for who I am. You know, nobody sees me. And so once we identify what that story is, this is the most important. The fourth question is, are you ready to change the story? Because Ooh. sometimes these old stories and patterns, they're developed to keep us safe, right? So, you know, for example, if I'm not seen or heard, I can't be controversial, 
right? Nobody's going to come after me or gun for me if, if right. they can't hear me because I'm just, you know, a black, complacent wallflower. If right. I'm not ready to change that story, that's okay. But at least I'm familiar with the pattern. If I am ready to change the story, if I say, you know what, I'm ready to step out. I'm going to assign a new story. So every time I feel that, feel that frustration and fire in my belly, I'm going to repeat to myself a new affirmation, which is my words hold value and are received authentically. So every time I feel that, mm. I can reaffirm this new story. And when we reaffirm and set attentions in that way, we create and shift our reality. Wow. Oh, those are phenomenal. I was busy writing as you were <laughs> expressing and sharing because, you know, it's um, I've learned a lot. And here I think, you know, you always think you know what you know, but you don't know what you don't know until you know you don't know it. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, it's cool. It's like I've been. I've always loved animals. I I am a true, true animal lover. From you know, well, you know, I'm not real fond of mice, and I'm you know not real <laughs> fond of rats. You know, but but you know, um, you know, I've always been fond of animals, and um, and animals have this um, very. Uh, sacred energetic connection with me wild animals wild birds it, i can t- i could share some amazing stories that my kids can definitely vouch for they thought i was crazy but then they saw stuff and they're like oh my gosh but the point <laughs> being is i love animals and they have so much to share with us and there's so many you know if they could talk they would have so much to say with regards to the words of wisdom that could be bestowed upon the human race, you know, and how we can live mm-hmm. better and treat each other better and treat our planet kinder and just, you know, instead of all the negative stuff that goes on, how we can shift that and really live in a more positive state of being for not just one person but for the whole human race. So it's beautiful to have you on to share this wisdom. You know, you're more, like I said, you're more than a dog trainer or animal trainer. You're the animal goddess and so um <laughs> don't forget you know when i you're love famous, it. <laughs> when you're super famous and you start using it you're like the queen of billy fabulous bestowed this title upon me rochelle marie and ah, the living show and, and now i'm the goddess and i'm famous and I have my own show and you know whatever <laughs> but just remember me that i you know i knew it i saw it and i energy energetically it could it came down from the the realms above for me to bestow upon you. So oh, um, I'm so happy. You. And, yeah. and I will say, you know, this is ancient wisdom that we all hold within us. You know, we're, it's almost like we're getting back to what our ancestors' ancestors used to know about the natural world, whether, right. you know, Celtic or pagan or, you know, even Native American cultures. They right. all understood the animals and the different messages that they held and, and their interconnectedness with nature. So our animal companions are here just kind of re-triggering that wisdom within us. And if we can use, you know, chakras and their behavior and numerology and sacred geometry to help just trigger those memories, um, it's all within all of us, you know. And and I think that's what's so exciting about the work I do. You know, it's all about self-help for your pet's sake because you just are tapping back into our inner not knowing. 
our ancient wisdom that we've forgotten mm-hmm. about because it's so clouded by all this technology and social media and <laughs> negative, constant negative news and, you know, all this negative, negative, negative energy, which is super heavy and sometimes um, it's like the fog, you know, you have that little, mm. little clear point in the fog, but you can't see it because there's so much fog around it that when you actually do see the clear point, you feel like you've been reborn and re- revitalized because it's like you have clarity, you know, and so yeah. um, it's wonderful that this information that you shared with us, it really, the whole time we've been chatting, I've just been smiling because I think about my animals and I think about oh, the wild oh. animals that, you know, come up to me and, you know, just, just the connection and it's beautiful. I don't care where you are where or who you are. If you can't really connect with the animal and just, you know, be totally in love with an animal, then you really haven't experienced that true True love. I mean, having kids is great, and, and yeah, sometimes they do love you unconditionally, depending <laughs> on what age they are, right? But an animal doesn't want anything from us but our love, right? They don't want anything from us. They just want our love, and they want to give us as much love as possible. And being able to communicate with them um, on this level, on a higher and deeper level, is just so exhilarating to me. So I want to thank you personally for being a guest on Blissful Living. And before we close, I want you to share with everyone how they can get in contact with you, if you have anything upcoming, you know, anything like that. Please feel free share it with us now. You bet. Thank you for that opportunity. Um, you can always connect with me on social media as at Denise underscore trainer, like dog trainer. Um, and then my website, www.petprana.com, um, has all sorts of, like, information and resources. Uh, if you're in the Los Angeles area, I do in-person training. And, of course, it's as mindful as you'd like it to be, you know, where we incorporate the energy. But I also offer a lot of online classes. Um, you know, my signature online course is Healing with Chakras, where each week we go through you know, a different chakra. We go through the pet's behavior and how to address it from a traditional training standpoint, but then we also look Mm -hmm. at the energetics behind it. So that's a seven-week course that helps us kind of get through all those universal themes that every human goes through, whether your animal companion is quote-unquote naughty or nice. They're always (laughs) worth revisiting. Um, I also, because numerology and pet numerology is so fascinating, I offer an online class called Translating Beyond Numerology, which empowers you to read your numbers and understand your pets and your relationships um, through the numbers. And um, if you enjoy animals and you're curious about what kind of messages they have, on my website, I also have a button on the home page that says, you know, did you hear me on an interview? And if you click on that, you get a PDF, which is the top seven things your animal companion wants you to know. And they've just oh. been these seven messages that have come up repeatedly that I was really driven to put into like a 30-page PDF, you know, large font, cute pictures of animals. And just some beautiful uh, uh, messages that that came through. So I hope folks enjoy that. Wow. Thank you, Denise. That's really beautiful. So you guys out there, you can connect with Denise. Please go to her website at petprana.com. Of course, if you're in the sunny Southern California, uh, L.A. area, because, you know, all of all of Southern California is L.A., from the Grapevine to San Diego. <laughs> 
even though we know, as Californians know, that's not true, but, you know, everything is L.A. from the grapevine to, you know, and even somebody knowing the grapevine, they got to know a little bit about California, right? Because I'm saying something. But anyway, from the grapevine to San Diego is L.A., but if you're down in Southern California, you know, connect with her. And, you know, if you have your pets, even more better, maybe set up an appointment and connect with her and, and see how Denise can help you to understand not only your pet better, but yourself. The enlightenment yeah. that you get from your, you know, understanding your pet, how much it's going to open up clarity and awakening and enlightenment for you with regards to your behaviors and what you may be stumbling and going through as you travel down your path to bliss. So with that being said, I want to thank our sponsors, blissfullivingforyou.com and, I'm sorry, and alldaycableinc.com. Please check out their website. They have some great things for you. Um, And, again, I want to thank you listeners because without you taking time out of your busy schedule to just take a moment to sit back and relax and recharge as you listen to the crazy queen of feeling fabulous, sassy, (laughs) sexy, and always full of life. then I, I, you know, again, I just want to thank you for taking time because I know sometimes it can be super busy. Life is busy these days, and just you taking this time means a lot to me. And then I want to thank Denise because she had to take time out of her busy life to spend time educating us, enlightening us, and having us become more aware of the connection energetically that we have with our animals and how they communicate with us all the time and different clues and things that we can pick up just from their behaviors or what they're doing that says a lot about us. And there's some stuff that I know all of us need to clean up, you know, not just <laughs> not just behind our dogs but within ourselves as well. So thank you, Denise, for being a guest on Blissful Living. And with that being said, as you know, I always wish all of you Wellness, wisdom, and wealth. May you have peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit as you travel down your path to bliss. Until next time, goodbye for now, everyone. This is the Queen of Feeling Fabulous saying have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take good care and tune in to us next week. Bye for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.